0: So, um, this is by Crandor the Second. whoever that is, I don't know.
1: Yeah, we have no idea who this is. Wink, wink, Kunal. Okay. All right. Uh, so what we're going to do here is we're going to read through this, uh, this essay entitled Where Feminism Went Wrong and, uh, point out all the logical fallacies and all the factual errors and all the other problems with it, because... There really are a lot of fucking problems here. All right. So let me read the first paragraph. As far as modern progressive movements go, there is, it's actually there are, I don't want to spell, uh, there are uh, very few as complex, confusing, and vague as modern feminism. In comparison, old school feminism, which aimed to give women the right to vote and the right to work the same jobs as men, modern feminism is fighting for things many consider to be non-issues such as dress codes, rape culture, and the fictitious patriarchy. So the question remains, where did it all go wrong? I think my biggest issue with this paragraph is this straw man, right? So modern feminism, he, so he names the issues of modern feminism as dress codes, rape culture, and the fictitious patriarchy. Okay. So obviously these are not like the biggest issues, right? So. Abortion rights, obviously, access to contraception, and things like that—those are not non-issues. Those are real issues. Okay, I don't know where this dress code thing came from. I mean, that's not like—I mean, yeah, it's talked about What is my dress
0: code, though? I don't know. He goes into like, that. I mean, dress code in the sense that, like, because the problem is ultimately that he's forgetting is that feminists, some feminists, are fighting for—they want women to feel less pressured to engage in certain dress codes, and some women want then be more freedom to engage in a dress code without being judged. Yeah, I don't
1: know what he's talking about, but also it's like modern feminism today also fights for equal pay for equal work, uh, paid family leave and other things like, okay, you may disagree with some of these issues, but they're not non-issues, right? A lot of the issues that feminists are fighting for, like they are real things that are going on. Also, rape. I mean, rape is like happening every day all over the world. How is that? How is rape a non-issue? That's just like, that's stupid. Uh, The fictitious patriarchy. I mean... Okay, we can have a debate about this, but to to just go out
0: and say that it's
1: completely fictitious, well, that's not true. That's
0: nobody who's intelligent denies that. People who criticize um, the feminist take on patriarchy, the only reason the, the criticism is is that patriarchy is not necessarily bad. Nobody says the patriarchy doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly, because anybody like who has studied any history or anthropology realizes that capitalism itself was founded... You know based on patriarchy right this idea that men wanted to pass down their property to their own children to their genetic children and as a result they kept their women at home and kept a close eye on their wives to make sure they weren't sleeping with other men well, not so capitalism just,
0: but just like popular. yeah but private property but private property is the foundation
1: of capitalism so really private property which I mean, led to the creation of capitalism
0: you know the Marxists are right in their um, observation of kind of like how capitalism started and kind of all the different problems that we have in capitalism. Like, they're yeah. very, like, you know something saying, like the idea of like how patriarchy started, how all these developments started because of the invention of private property and all the effects that it had. Sure. I mean, of course, they're 100% right about all those things. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this, I this, is, really- this is well
1: studied. I mean, this is well studied. Like, this goes, this is the Neolithic revolution, right? The sort of agriculture where people had own farms and they wanted to pass them down to you know their own genetic children and that you know that ha- has completely to do with private property and and, uh, and patriarchy but yeah keep going
0: exactly um the is issue on rape culture though like i feel like this is over exaggerated on both sides really just because it's a very yeah. hard crime to try yeah i completely agree with you uh obviously like in
1: in court rape can be a tough uh, uh, crime to try but what kunal seems to be doing here. Is he, you know, he by using rape culture without qualifying it, without specifying, he seems to be almost like just denying that, like, rape is a problem or something like that. I'm not even I'm not even sure what he's doing exactly. All right. So I'm going to move on to the next paragraph. Before getting into that, let's first discuss the issues listed above and why I classified them as non-issues. Dress codes such as schools enforcing no short shorts apply to both men and women equally. Just because women are more likely to wear short shorts on their own doesn't mean that it is sexist. Likewise, men are more likely to go shirtless, yet no one claims that dress code requiring shirts is oppressive to men. As far as rape culture goes, we clearly have a problem with rape that we need to address. However, feminists don't advocate for realistic measures to prevent it. As a society, we give women advice on how to prevent rape, such as nail polish uh, that can detect date rape drugs, But modern feminists will criticize that nail polish because it's victim blaming. Rather than coming up with solutions to fix the problem, most feminists just say, teach men not to rape. Uh, That is the equivalent of rather uh, than telling people to lock your car doors in the inner city, telling people to just not steal. With every other crime, we teach people how to prevent it. But feminists don't want to teach women how to avoid being raped, which actually will put more women at risk of it. Lastly, is the word you will hear all the time, patriarchy. Yes, as a whole, there are more men in a position of power. No, that doesn't mean there's a patriarchy going on. And modern feminists just use that as a buzzword to attract more women to the movement.
0: First of all, this entire idea that, like, feminists aren't promoting realistic measures to prevent rape is retarded. It's absurd (laughs) because, I mean, just look at college
1: campuses, right? Like, this is the first thing that popped into my mind. Like,
0: on every college
1: campus, there's, like, a service now, like, walk women home at night. That's, you know, heavily supported by women and by feminists. Like, of course, feminists support realistic they measures. They have self-defense
0: classes. I appreciate this nail polish was created by feminists. The problem with me is, I guess, like some people, like, for example, the people like to cherry pick through like, feminism, for example, let's say somebody says, oh, teach men not to rape. I mean, yes, it's a valid response. Most people even say that, aren't necessarily saying that, of course, we're not going to, like, do other measures, but... I think their entire point is that, like, like okay, so I was um, reading this thing about um, like women and their experiences back in the nineteen fifties, where, for example, they'll be hanging out with their boyfriend, and their boyfriend they'll be like kind of getting like sexual or something like that, or even like before that, like kind of like back in the day, and their boyfriend would kind of do something that would like rape them, for example, they'd kind of force them into doing something they didn't want. So the kind of concept that like men don't necessarily know that it's wrong to force women to do things is kind of a fallacious um, thing because obviously it's to say that men do not necessarily have uh, a tendency to maybe they're not like evil rapists, but you yeah, do kind I, of have to teach them.
1: Yeah, I entirely agree with that. Like, obviously, uh, if you didn't teach any, if you didn't teach any men that rape was wrong, like. Our, the incidence of rape in our society or in any society would be far yeah. higher because, like, yeah, like, a lot of men will will, like, yeah, I agree there wouldn't be evil, evil rapists, like, they wouldn't be maliciously trying to rape women, but they might, you know, get really, you know, horny or whatever and, like, you know, do it at, like, a party or some shit, like,
0: yeah, that I'm would just... Like, yeah.
1: yeah, of course, teaching men that rape is wrong, that, that's effective to, it, to an extent. Now, but he keeps, he's, like, strawmanning like, just over and over again. And he's just like, yeah, cherry-picking and shit. Because, like, maybe one random feminist uh, said that nail polish is victim-blaming. I'm not even sure. I'll have to Google that. Yeah, I'm most pretty sure, like, the, feminists, I, feminists, the vast majority of feminists would support, you know, preventive yeah. measures such
0: as that. Literally how it works is that, what, like, for example, they'll find one video or they find one Tumblr. And they'll just pass it around and make, like, a million videos. Like, every anti-feminist channel will do a video on it. So exactly. it seems like kind of like, oh, you know, that's all feminists want to talk about. But literally, they're just dedicated to going through and cherry picking feminists. No doubt.
1: Um, so there's not, I don't think there's much else to say. He's. I mean, this is just cherry picking after cherry picking. The
0: dress code. Um, and I I hope that you'd have something more valid from that point. Because I I read it a bit ago, but I don't necessarily. I didn't. I forgot about this part, and it was just really kind of weak. Like, what you even mean by that? You didn't really yeah. cite any like actual problem they had with
1: that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what he what he's going for with the dress code thing. But the one thing I will say is that like, uh, like just hypothetically, let's say somebody like uh, burns their skin like really badly, right? Uh, e- like very easily when they go outside. But like a school has like long sleeve shirt policy for some random reason, right? Well, like you have to make like an exception for that because like people have like different body types. So they're going to wear like different kinds of clothes. You know what I mean? So, like this kid yeah. who burns real easily. Might want to wear a long sleeve shirt when he goes outside, right? Like it's not that big of a deal. So like women have like different body types than men. So like, you know, they might want to wear more revealing clothing just to like, stay like cool during the the summer or some shit. I don't see what the big deal is.
0: Yeah. He doesn't really kind of cite like the other things we kind of says like, okay, like here's the actual problem they have. Or he just says kind of like, some people kind of have a problem with short shorts, but I don't really understand what he's like implying. Like, where is the actual like incident of problem here? Yeah. Like, Where is it a violation of feminism to kind of have a policy against short shorts? Who is yeah. advocating for short shorts? I have no idea where these, these opinions <laughs> are coming from. And, and why does
1: Kunal want to ban
0: short shorts? He seems like he's <laughs> fine with those kinds of bans. Like, I mean, we could just have a debate about that and I do not relate to feminism. Uh it's like why do you, why do you not want short shorts like do you hate legs? Are you not a leg man? Are more of a breast man instead of a leg man?
1: <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, he's just completely cherry-picking here, especially with the nail polish bullshit, because most feminists, including like myself and you, and I'm sure pretty much every other feminist except for one on Tumblr, uh is fine with nail polish. <laughs> uh that prevents rape.
0: Uh but anyway, all right, let's go on to the next paragraph,
1: because this is all just so silly. Uh
0: All right, I love this, (laughs) this is a great start.
1: Oh yeah, this is gonna be a fun fair cover. I'm gonna try not to laugh too much. Right? Does that mean there are no issues facing women today? Absolutely not. Right off the bat, uh, you can think of the way women are treated in Middle Eastern countries. In Saudi Arabia, women just recently got the right to drive. Still, they're required to be covered completely up in public. Uh, Even in our own country, sexism still exists. Country pop singer Taylor Swift, all right, it's hard not to laugh, uh, gets constant backlash for writing songs about her boyfriends, but when male singers such as Ed Sheeran or Bruno Mars do the exact same thing, they don't get criticized. Furthermore, women's roles in society have drastically improved, but there is still a long ways to go. The objectification of women is still prevalent in our society. Okay, this is going to be funny. I can't. This is too funny. I got to laugh a little bit. All right. Yes, sometimes men are objectified as well, but it's not to the same extent. <laughs> in rap music in particular, women are commonly referred to as bitch, uh, meaning the sole purpose of satisfying a man's sexual desires. Uh, considering that the word bitch, <laughs> female dog, was made up to oppress women by reducing them to the status of an animal, is uh, still acceptable in society today as proof that ses- uh, sexism exists. The word bitch was made up to oppress women, just like the the N-word was made up to oppress black people, but for some reason the former is acceptable and the latter is racist. Anyway, given that <laughs> anyway, given that feminism is about improving roles for women in society, there's clearly a need for a movement. But why don't modern feminists want to talk about the real issues here? Many of you already know the answer and it starts with an I.
0: Intersectionality! <laughs> for some well, reason... He, yeah. he wrote it out, I-N-T-E-R-S-E-C-T-I-O-N-A-L-I-T-Y.
1: Yes, like, I like don't that know why. <laughs> I-N-T-E-R-S-E-C-T-I-O-N-A-L-I-T-Y. Yeah, I don't know why he did that. I think he's just trying to emphasize how much he hates intersectionality. <laughs> Okay. Uh, for some reason, feminism has been mixed with other women movements. If you don't believe me, just check out the Women's March. They are protesting things like immigration, police brutality, trans rights, and more. Uh, none of these uh, have to have anything to do with women. Yet feminists will use their march, which is supposed to be advocating for women's rights, to address other issues. Why is it on the Women's March? <laughs> It's certainly not all women who go and it's certainly not only about women's issues. Might as well just call it the woodville March. Okay, we got a lot to talk about here.
0: First of all, I just wanna say like like literally Taylor Swift, who in fact grew up um really close to like where I live in like a very rich upscale community. Her father is a stockbroker. So what some people are like, Oh, Taylor Swift is kind of garbage when she writes like songs about her boyfriend, but you know, People who do rap music where they write songs about their actual experiences in life. You know, those people are, you know, crazy hooligans who are just like, you know, thugs and stuff like that. That's what you call them. And that's not a valid thing to go out and say, like, oh yeah, it's not terrible that you attack people who make rap music. But you do that and you kinda you go around and say, Oh, these people are just thugs. They're promoting some terrible lifestyle.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about this. So yeah, Taylor Swift. I I mean, yeah, I mean, I I obviously grew up near where uh, she grew up as well. And sister's uh, elementary school teacher actually used to be her babysitter. But anyway, so, yeah, Taylor Swift, her father was a financial advisor. She went to private school. She's white. She grew up middle class and now she's worth two hundred and eighty million dollars. Two hundred and eighty million dollars.
0: And Kunal thinks that she is oppressed. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, I love it. Like sexism still exists and women are oppressed in this country. Taylor Swift
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, Taylor Swift is the best example of the oppression of women. Okay. All right. So yeah, let's, let's talk about this. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Rap music. Uh, so clearly Kunal has a misunderstanding of, of black culture, but when a person grows up completely poor, uh, maybe without a father figure, maybe without a mother figure or whatever, their whole outlook on life and just how they are, and they go to shitty public schools and like, they don't get the proper education that, you know, they should get. And, like, they grew up around gangs and drugs, and they, you know, they're pretty much forced into a gang at, like, 12 years old. And Kunal is upset that they're using the word bitch. Like, so you're not, you're not upset about the fact that they live in this dire poverty and how that's affecting them and how that might, like, affect their outlook on life. And you're offended by the fact that they use the word bitch. Like, what? It's like being upset at, like, a homeless person for, like, stealing a, a donut because they're, they're starving, you know what I mean? Or some shit like that. You're missing the problem.
0: <laughs> like we had a conversation about how it would be, in order to prove the black community, you have to have fathers stay around. We kind of had some disagreement about that. But the thing ultimately we would agree with in this context situation is, is that it's really hard to get back on that because essentially there's a bad cycle of thing, which is leading to people growing without fathers and then themselves not being able to be good fathers themselves.
1: And this is where uh, like people like Kunal and Sargon of Akkad are like you know completely wrong about everything. So like you know Kunal believes that like even private charities are, are unethical both for helping poor people. and like Sargon of Akkad believes that like black people should just get married because that'll like totally obviously fix everything. And, you know it's just this idea that when people are in a terrible situation, when you have a, cha- a terrible childhood, that impairs your ability to make good decisions in life right it, like if you like like i said if you are literally forced into a gang at like 12 years old uh just to like put food on the table for your you know for your mother or for your siblings like that's going to and you know you maybe you drop out of school because you have to uh it's like that's going to totally affect the how how good of decisions you can make throughout the rest of your life
0: so yeah, like and most of these rappers like they literally had to drop out of school because literally, their like their single mother was having trouble like making ends meet. Yeah, and, like they just couldn't like they couldn't go to school like hungry and stuff like that. Yeah, they exactly. didn't have any food. They didn't have any money. Like you know, like they can't be effective students. So what's the point? Just drop out and go make money.
1: Yeah. So, but anyway, so anyway, relating this back to the article, it's like this very well may affect how they view women and. Maybe that's why they use the word bitch. Or maybe bitch is just, you know, maybe it's just a term that's a part of, you know, rap culture, which I would say is probably true as well.
0: I mean, you can use the word bitch without necessarily degrading women.
1: Yeah, exactly. It
0: could just be kind of, um, like, words don't necessarily have to mean, like, literally what they mean. Like the N-word, for example. um, It's often used in kind of a slang context, which obviously doesn't mean what the N-word historically meant. True. And yeah, it's like
1: there are lots of rappers who use the word bitch in their songs, but often they're just it's just a song like it's entertainment. You're assuming a personality when you make it entertainment. But they have mothers and wives or girlfriends and daughters that they love. Like they don't they don't degrade all women. Like, I mean,
0: they have one song they're talking about, like, you know, bitches and stuff like that. But then they have another song where they're talking about how much they love their wife and stuff like that. If, if somebody you take a song about these people who are who ra- were raised up in bad situations with their father, they didn't have a father, and then you listen to the song where they're just rapping about bitches, but then you don't actually care about, like, for example, the song where they're talking about being a family man, uh, loving their wife, loving their family.
1: Yeah, I think Jay-Z is a great example of that. What you do with your entertainment... That has nothing to do with your personal life. Like if I went and created a bunch of horror movies about like murdering people, does that mean that I'm actually going to go murder people? No, that doesn't make any sense. That's like saying that, oh, we should ban all violent video games because that's going to cause people to become school shooters. It's, it's the same kind of argument. Entertainment of and real life have nothing, you know, have nothing to do with each other, usually.
0: All right. So that's the true. next thing, the next thing we got to talk about here is this whole Intercept intersectionality.
1: Right? Yeah. So what are your thoughts?
0: I just want to say, I don't like intersectionality, but I actually have a legitimate criticism of it, you see, because so I actually understand what intersectionality is. The problem I have with intersectionality is that the idea that, okay, so I'm part of an oppressed group, another person's part of an oppressed group, the idea is essentially that we should automatically work together or we should be allies, I don't necessarily agree with that because I think that the dynamic between the oppressor and oppressed is not as distinct as possible. One group isn't necessarily naturally the oppressed another group is not necessarily naturally the oppressor. If you ally with another group, it could then turn into a situation where they could be worse than the current oppressor. Uh, so and I just generally don't like that type of analysis for that problem. The idea of the oppressed oppressor dynamic. Because I don't necessarily view it that way. I think, for example, if people say we should the Palestinian authorities because Israel is evil is bad arguments the Palestinian authorities would be worse for all the people living in that region if they're actually given uh, power over the region okay so the one thing i would say about this is but sometimes
1: intersectionality is more of a practical uh concern than okay. this kind of like theoretical. so like for example like in america i think in america it makes sense for like uh you know gay people and trans people to work okay. with feminists uh because it, i think just naturally like sometimes they're fighting for the same issues or, you know, they're working together on other stuff, and, like, it, they can just be natural allies. Would you agree with that kind of?
0: Okay, with alliances, I'm just happy to disagree with the methodology, which intersectionality prescribes forming alliances with other groups. Okay, that's, that's fair. But I agree with the sentiment of the idea of intersectionality in the sense that you should ally with other groups, people, to fight for common goals, or even just fight for other people's struggles, even if they're not necessarily your own struggle. That's fair. I mean,
1: I, I do agree with you that, like, the the oppressed-oppressor relationship can be more complicated than, you know, it's typically viewed. Because, yeah, like, yeah, the Palestinians are oppressed. But it, within Palestinian society, you know, women are oppressed. Sure, yeah. So,
0: we, and you know, what, what do we the do?
1: Jewish we
0: people having control of the region may actually make it better for women or gay people to live.
1: Yeah yeah, so like these are complicated these are more complicated All questions, right. but i I would say that in the United States uh, and just in the Western world in general, it's not qu- it's not really quite as complicated as that
0: uh, typically, I think we kind of address intersectionality. I don't necessarily know if you really like the are protesting things like immigration, police brutality, trans rights, et cetera. Like, I feel, first of all, you just put this dig in here, like trans rights. Like, of course, that has to do with feminism.
1: Yeah, I don't see how he could view, like, especially trans women. Of course, the issues of trans women have to do with feminism. Like, I'm not sure what he's getting at there.
0: Because his take is that trans women aren't women, they're just men. So they're relevant to feminism.
1: (laughs) So obviously, he's wrong about that. but, But let's, but I think one more thing has to be added here, right? I think, you know, Kunal very much. Well, I'm just gonna be honest. He seems to very much have something against black people and uh, and immigrants and stuff because, like, he he wants to make feminism white again. That seems to be my, uh, you know, my feeling with this whole article. Right, he wants to make feminism white again, and especially mentioning Taylor Swift kind of represents that. You know, because he just like mentions, oh, uh, police brutality. You know, as uh, as something to do with intersectionality and nothing to do with feminism. Well, you know, black women, uh, you know, their uh, their pay is far less than white women. You know, as a percentage of uh, of a white man's pay, it's you know, it's like forty four cents on a dollar, or some shit like that. Of course, black women are affected when uh, you know when Actually, there's police just, brutality. When like when just, your father yeah. when your father is locked up uh, or your father is is killed by a police officer, like of course it has effect on women. He doesn't seem to even mention black women, right? He,
0: yeah, but uh, here's the thing uh, that he forgets. That. He talks about how bad rap culture is and how bad, like, the you know, terrible the black community is. And they're, like, fem- they're, they're completely unfeminist. But he doesn't necessarily come to the aid of black women and says, oh, like, poor black yeah. women, they're the most oppressed. Because look at the rap music culture.
1: Yeah, the he doesn't even men. mention He doesn't even mention black women. He. he I mean, he he kind of makes it seem like white women are the only victim, right? Women of and color. The victims of the
0: black community. The black the black community is supposed anti-feminism. Like, the black men are just then going and being like, causing problems for white women. So, <laughs> so that argument <laughs> isn't even really consistent. Yeah. It's, so like, it's, kind, like, like, it's kind of like, hey, everybody, your lily white daughters are going to be raped by a pack of Negroes or something like that. Like, watch out. <laughs>
1: But no, literally, that's the feeling you get from this article, right? That like, that like women of color, like just, they don't even really exist, you know, whatever. Uh, Like uh, immigration, like, of course, immigration has an effect on, uh, you know, on women, you know, uh, Hispanic women, uh, you know, any, any woman from a foreign country.
0: How can, how can, how can immigration not
1: be related to feminism at all? Of course, there's some relationship.
0: Yeah, I I honestly am not a big supporter of immigration. Nor do I think police brutality is the problem that it is. I mean, I think over policing is a problem. Police interactions with minority communities is, is a problem, and the way that laws are kind of written, which disproportionately affect poor people, um, like for example, drug laws and such.
1: You don't. You don't seem to very much oppose immigration, though. You seem to be more like you're fine with like uh, you know immigration from like
0: Central and South America. It seems for my conversations. I'm okay with immigration from anywhere, really. Oh. Like I'm, like, I'm okay with immigration from the Middle East. Like, it's perfectly fine. I'm just more in favor of kind of, like, being more restrictive and and kind of have selective with our immigration. Yeah. But I, I'm not necessarily... Like, for example, I don't think we should give... But I just on a side note. I don't think we should give amnesty to immigrants. Um, what about the DACA? What about the DACA, like, kids? Um... I'm, I'm kind of, I don't really know where to stand on that. I'm, I feel like I should, I want to be against it. But the reason is because I would just prefer that it, like if, if they were going to make, if they are going to set this DACA process, they would just have a system. We just create a system where we could just um, admit more people into the country legally. Because so I feel like yeah. the problem is if you then start legalizing, because basically if you have amnesty and you give it out like every few years, Basically, you render the whole process of legal immigration completely retarded. Because who's going to want to immigrate legally if they sure. could just come in, be here legally for a few years, and then get permanent resident status? Well, why that's, that's why we need to make
1: legal immigration easier. That's why we need to make legal immigration easier. It's almost impossible to like legally immigrate to the United States from like South or Central America. It takes forever.
0: So, I mean, that's the only reason why I have a problem with like DACA, for example, is that I wish they would. Then, if if that's the thing, all we need to be compassionate to these people then just put more people in them.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what I support. Uh, I think, I mean, it's not difficult. I mean, we can easily reform our immigration system and we can do it in a way that economically benefits the United States. This is an important thing to mention, even with like this tax cut, right? GDP growth in the fourth quarter is very soft. It was only 2.6% versus 3% estimates. So we'll, you know, we'll see how things are in, in 2018, but and shit. But, uh, you know, I have a feeling that you know, GDP growth is going to be softer than people think. And immigration done correctly could be very beneficial. Look, I mean, you need population growth if you want to have GDP growth, right? Because people can only consume so much uh, once you get to a standard, you know, first world, uh, first world level. So you need to consistently have population growth. But,
0: yeah. So I'm in favor of bringing people in. I think, though, the other problems that I have is immigration as we need to be compassionate for people that are being here. Because I think the problem is we should encourage people to immigrate illegally, which is a very dangerous thing. People can get killed or hurt or abused. We don't want to encourage that behavior. In addition, also, um, I don't encourage immigration as we need to be empathetic to this group of people because look how poor they are. Because what we're essentially doing is that we're saying whoever wants to... Illegally cross into the border, whoever's willing to take that risk, we'll just take care of them. If you actually feel compassionate for people um, in other countries, then immigration isn't the most effective way to help people.
1: That's funny. Uh, so, this communist uh, I watch on YouTube, his name is Caleb uh, Mopa. Oh, you told me about him, didn't you? I forget. Maybe no, you no, didn't. I don't think so. No, anyway, so he's this communist I watch. He's like, he's a reporter for RT, you know, Ru- you know, Russian Times or whatever. Uh,
0: not surprising
1: yeah obviously so he's fucking weird but anyway he made a great video about that like he's just like you know these neoliberals like hillary clinton you know they want to increase immigration and shit but like most people this is his opinion most people don't want to immigrate they immigrate because of you know capitalism you know has uh has reduced their their countries to like dire poverty and you know these people from like guatemala and and uh, Honduras and shit, like they don't want to come to the United States. They're they're forced to come to the United States because they're living in like dire poverty. Uh, so like we shouldn't be cheering immigration. Immigration is like a crisis, and we should be trying to, you know, in his opinion, you know, get rid of capitalism so we can solve that crisis, uh, and then people won't win it. they won't want to immigrate as much. All right, but uh, I guess we can move on to the next paragraph now. This is gonna be funny too. Okay. Gotta try not to laugh. All right. Why are feminists so quick to criticize a white Christian man who tells a female to not wear short shorts in the name of modesty, but say a Muslim man telling a woman to wear a hijab is not oppressive and rather just a part of their culture? Uh, Why don't feminists criticize rap music for their obvious objectification of women? Again, intersectionality. Uh, I should say the letters, but I'm not going to. If feminists do criticize these things, they'll be called the derogatory name White Feminist. Uh, So I'm making the case that intersectional feminism is where feminism went wrong. If you think about it, it doesn't really make sense. You don't see the movement Black Lives Matter uh, advocating for women's rights or a call to end the objectification of women. Same with gay pride or trans pride or movements for open borders. None of these other movements... Stray away from their one goal, yet feminists are required to, and that's the inter- that's the issue with intersectional feminism. Uh, why must a movement about women's rights be required to fight for everyone's
0: rights? I mean, I think it's quite obvious. It is, but because people believe in human rights, because that's because the whole movement is that I'm an activist um, for women's rights, and I believe women's rights because I believe in the concept of human rights. I'm. Like, People are like, I'm a humanist, but I focus on the idea of feminism. But I still believe in all human rights. People aren't just like, I am one thing. I am just a feminist. That means I only advocate for the improvement of women's lives. Um, It's kind of just stupid.
1: Yeah, I think, I, think, I mean, I, I mean, obviously I agree with you. I think like, there's not much else to say. But I think the one thing that could be said here is just like Kunal seems to he wants to, like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, like, it's it's this worshipping of just, like, white women and just, like, ignoring every other social issue that exists in the world. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything else I can possibly say. I mean, it's just, it's kind of disturbing, like, a disturbing, like, lack of empathy that, I, that I'm that i seeing here, just, like... I
0: mean, in addition, like, feminists do criticize the fact that women and Muslim, Muslim women have to wear hijabs.
1: Yeah, of course they
0: do. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, now there's there some there's some feminists make the point that they don't want to ally with people like. I mean, I understand their point. I I disagree with them um a little bit, actually quite a bit, um because they don't want to uh, ally with people like um what's her name the um the fa- the really famous like ex Muslim.
1: Oh yeah, Ayon Hershey. Ayon yeah, Hershey. Ayon
0: yeah, Hershey. They don't want to ally with Ayon yeah. Hershey because they view her as an anti-Muslim bigot.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, I don't really agree with that. I don't think she's anybody of that. But at least their their point, ultimately, their point when they say uh, I don't want to criticize women for wearing hijabs is that they don't want to join in your movement because, like, for example, the problem ultimately is is that you can be critical of Islam, which me and you are both. We don't really like Islam. We think it's, a serious problem um, in terms of like who is doing a lot of the oppression um, of like women and stuff like that. But the problem ultimately is. Is that people then want to use this just to actually be like I'm racist against Muslims? I don't agree with this. I think that it's stupid. Um, but a lot of people don't want to be involved with it because people are really racist against Muslims.
1: Yeah, and I think also Kunal is oversimplifying again because, like, first of all, modern feminism is not like some monolithic movement, right? There are lots of different pieces here. There are lots of uh, there are lots of feminists who uh, you know who oppose Islam and oppose hijab. And then there are, like you said, there are others who who want to kind of like uh, more of an understanding with Islam because Muslims definitely do experience a lot of bigotry and hatred. And they don't sure. want to, they don't want to feed into that. But at the same time, you know, so, you know, they they try to strike a balance. You know, there are both sides to feminism and it's a healthy debate. I think it's a good debate that occurs within the feminist movement. To be fair
0: you know, like inviting Linda Starsour to the Women's March was kind of a bit concerning. Inviting who? Linda Sarsour. I don't know who that is. She's basically one of, like, the major Muslim feminist women.
1: So why is that concerning?
0: Because of the fact that she advocates for Sharia. She's like, we should have Sharia, and that's the most feminist thing to do. She's, like, defense, She's like pro-Saudi Arabian stuff. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I found her. Uh, and she also said some stuff about, like, I on her how, like, it was a good thing that she had um, female genital mutilation, like, against her, so... <laughs>
1: Yeah, I agree. That's that's concerning. This reminds me of that friend that we have who's
0: channel. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah.
1: I'm not gonna say her name. I'm not gonna say her name because uh, I like her. She's a really
0: nice person.
1: Yeah, she's a really nice person. But yeah, I think that's absurd, obviously.
0: But yeah, no, I agree with you. But again,
1: Kunal is just kind of avoiding this this fact that modern feminism has lots of different views in it. It has views like ours, and has views of other people as well. So like. This is kind of, this paragraph is kind of stupid. <laughs> okay. He's just straw manning and he's just cherry picking. And so I'm going to read the next paragraph now, I guess. Uh, this, this is actually going to be, I think the most interesting one, because uh, I have a lot to say about this. Uh, okay. Because he's, this is just Riley Dennis. The, all right. There's something called tolerance trends. The leftists have a way of sticking up for a group of people that they think are oppressed but they will turn on that group at the earliest convenience. The leftists used to stand up for the rights of women and gay people, but they have abandoned those groups, of Muslims and trans people. <laughs> Islamic culture is often oppressive to both women and gay people, if the leftists will always defend Islam. Many transgender activists, per- okay, this is too funny, particularly lesbian male to female ones, Riley Dennis is who he's talking about, are attacking lesbians, not wanting to sleep with a girl with a dick. Previously, that would be considered homophobic, but for some reason that's acceptable. That's not to mention how transgenderism contradicts a large portion of feminism. Feminism tells women they can do everything a man can do, but by transgender logic, if a woman does a certain number of masculine things, they're actually a man. (laughs) If a feminist brings this up, they get labeled another derogatory thing, a turf. Trans excluding rad- uh, radical feminists. Okay,
0: there's a lot to talk about. Here. And I have something to say right here. Because, first of all, this idea of, like, he says, if a woman does a certain number of masculine things, they are a man. Which, like, people have no idea what like, about transgenderism, what it's about. Now, to be fair on this point, the idea of gender identity disorder, there was a problematic thing of, like, okay, so... The idea essentially was that, okay, people have a certain behavior and they identify with this kind of, their inner identity leads them to engage in an outward behavior and the, this idea of gender di- identity disorder. And that by doing, by attracting to more feminine things that then um can make you, There's you could make that argument for that old diagnosis. But they got rid of that because they realized, hey, there's actually problems with them. They create the idea of gender dysphoria. And so I actually just want to read something, conversation I had um, on Discord. Um, Let's, let's analyze the phrase, women born women. It is used by TERFs. The argument goes like this. Trans women, even if they are women in an essential way, are not really women because they were raised and treated as males by society all their life. In some ways you could interpret being trans as more of an aspiration. It wouldn't make sense, this interpretation, since diagnostically they have moved away from classifying it as gender identity disorder. This is because the say it is your identity is a weak claim, I have a feeling, along with many other trans women, which is that uh, while society reads us and we often explain that we feel like women, the truth is we do not really feel like women. I think deep down it bothers us that we don't feel like women. And the same more uh, accurate description of what it means to be trans. Hmm. That's
1: rather an interesting way to put it. I don't totally disagree.
0: And that being transgender is not necessarily that you have an identity, it's that you are bothered it's not necessarily that you think you are a woman, woman necessarily. I think there is some component to that. Psychologists have identified that it's really a dysphoria in the sense that it's not that you are bothered by the fact you are living, that you, you have a desire that you identify with another gender. It's that there's a psychological disturbance with living your current gender. But wait, first of all, do you believe that someone can be
1: trans without any dysphoria at all?
0: that's an interesting question i really have no answer for that and i'm not going to be like hey i think we should like let's do like a purity test of like because what does it mean to not have dysphoria um, that's a good
1: question i don't know
0: yeah it's kind of like people have really radical differences in dysphoria like people like people literally just think oh being trans like this literal like monolithic thing where everybody has the same experiences everybody has this like strong desire and mm-hmm. this strong identity that they are women and they want to get like a vagina that isn't necessarily what trans is about. Like, oh, I'm just gonna go through this process. I'm going to basically hey, just be a woman in all this um, conventional standard way.
1: Yeah. So, like, my personal opinion is like, I I'm very conflicted on on what it even is to be trans, and because I think gender and sex and whatnot are are very complicated. Now, I think I think both I think I think both gender and sex are basically social constructs. But but at the same time. I can kind of sympathize with the radical feminist view, although I disagree with their prescriptions. I can kind of sympathize with with their opinion that like perhaps a lot of trans people imagine a society without gender, right? They say imagine a society without gender. Okay. Perhaps like a lot of people who are trans wouldn't feel the need to transition because then they would be just accepted. Doing whatever they want, you know what I mean? But like in our gender binary society, trans people feel the need to transition. That's the only way to be like accepted if you identify
0: as either man or woman. That's the only way to be accepted in our society. Like I can kind of sympathize with that view, although I don't know if I agree with it. I don't you know agree I mean? with that. But I mean, so my 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 um <clears throat> I essentially I read um from an excerpt from Conversation. The first thing I did was entertain the idea of women born women, the turf concept of like why trans women can't be women Mm -hmm. so i mean there definitely is validity and you can talk about that and you can be like okay let's look at but transgenderism doesn't uh, contradict a large portion of feminism his entire idea of what it means to be transgender is retarded and furthermore i have actually i've had a conversation with him where i've explained to him why his concept of being transgender is just completely wrong and nobody makes that argument in that you're just going off of a layman's interpretation of what it means to be transgender, which what, is what not is actually his, conform. What is his argument? He just thinks it's about masculinity? Is that what he Well, really he's been thinks? saying if a woman does a certain number of masculine things, then they're actually a man. Wait, so he actually believes that? No, he believes that is the transgender claim. <laughs> he says, but, okay. but by transgender logic, if a woman does a certain number of masculine things, they are a man. Okay, so he basically um, needs to read the Wikipedia article on tra- on what it means to be transgender, because he obviously doesn't understand. I've basically. explained to him, you could make that interpretation based on some old opinions, but they have reformed it because they have found a better explanation, which is the psychological distress of not sure. being your gender. I think what people forget is that like when we create these ideas of like what it means to be trans, we're only inventing some sort of story. It isn't really what it means to be transgender. We're just making up Correct. a story that people can understand. Even like psychologists who are sitting there who are doing like intense research, ultimately, the research is just a story they construct out of the data.
1: I agree with that 100%. I would say the same thing has to do with all, all experiences of gender. We don't, we really don't know how these things work. We are just, it's just, we're just doing philosophy here.
0: Just like, the, you
1: know, thousands of years ago, the ancient Greeks would try to explain, you know, various phenomena philosophically, uh, that's that's what we're doing with gender. I think that's, I agree, I think that's an important point to make. We do not know how gender
0: really works. We're just making them stories. I agree. With I that. think the data best supports the idea of gender dysphoria. The gender dysphoria theory is the best that fits the data at this point. Like if you're going with a theory on how transgenderism works, that's the best and most consistent one. Now, some people might say it's not the it's not um, 100% consistent because some people might say they don't feel dysphoria. But maybe they do. Maybe they just don't. Maybe they just think they don't, essentially. Uh, yeah, I think that makes sense.
1: And it, it, I guess it depends how you define dysphoria. Of uh, course, yeah. Like, is it just an intense discomfort or mild? I mean, like, it really depends on how you define...
0: Yeah, of course. Dysphoria.
1: Okay, the other big thing I want to talk about in this paragraph is the whole Riley-Dennis dis... OK, yeah. many transgender activists, particularly lesbian male to female ones, are attacking lesbians for not wanting to sleep with a girl with a dick. OK, first of all, everybody thinks this, but Riley Dennis literally does not think this. Riley Dennis did not attack people who do not want to sleep with trans women who are pre-op. OK, she did not. OK, what, what Riley Dennis said was that because, you know, we live in you know, a transphobic society, right? that views trans people as being like less than other people. This creates dating preferences in people's minds. It creates unconscious biases. So what what Raleigh Dennis says is that it is possible for a man, a straight man or a lesbian to not be attracted to a woman with a penis. She said that it's possible, but some cases it could be the result of unconscious biases. Because we've been conditioned in society to not to like trans people or to think they're disgusting and dirty. And if people tried to unlearn these biases, they could perhaps be attracted to trans women.
0: That's all Riley Dennis said. But people yeah, it's not, took it's not a video con- out of context. Exactly. And here's the thing, ultimately, people were just like, oh Riley Dennis, just like, you know, some like horny man who just can't find a, a woman who wants to sleep with them. That's what they said. Now of course I'm I'm just I'm I'm not like saying I'm not using Riley Dennis like him as like what I would I'm just using it as like what they would say, but the thing is people forget that Riley Dennis she has a girlfriend she's had for a very long time, she's mm-hmm. in a long stable relationship with her girlfriend. Yep. Like she's not like some crazy um like mm-hmm. man who's on the prowl and trying to like you know harassing lesbians or whatever. Yep. But I don't know I think this is the problem of like Blair White. Blair White, um, who's kind of like an Uncle Tom for the anti-transgender movement, kind of like created a dog whistle where they're kind of just like against trans people because they're just like, uh, oh, these trans lesbian, uh, transgender types. And Blair White even forgets the fact that literally most trans women are trans lesbians. I guess the largest group. It's like, no, just ignore that. The fact that literally not all, like literally a good chunk of, actually most of the trans women for transitioning especially they have no attraction to men.
1: Well, that's because Blair White,
0: I think, is is a little bit homophobic,
1: right? She very much wants to be accepted by her uh, by her alt right like people. She wants, you know, there to exist very traditional gender roles. She wants there to exist males, which are men, and females, which are women, and the men are attracted to women and the women are attracted to men and basically nothing else. That's what she wants society to be like. And just conveniently for herself, she carves out a little role for uh, a trans woman who fits the, you know, who isn't non-binary, who isn't a lesbian, et cetera, you know, strict trans woman. Right, yeah. She carves out that little niche for herself in this traditional society, just so, you know, just so she can fit in, but then fuck everybody else. That's where we.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And she did a lot of harm. I remember um, when she made her Riley Dennis apology video, which was really stupid. And I remember um, a really savage comment from Theron Meyer, who's like, who's like the best of both worlds, because she's like red-pilled and she's woke at the same time. <laughs> because she's she hangs out with contrapoints, like best friends. Oh, um, yeah. I, like, yeah. yeah. So she, she made this savage tweet that was like, yeah, because like, going after and creating a purity test for being transgender is totally an awesome thing to do. <laughs> It's like, there's nothing wrong with that ha, 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 ha. going around harassing <laughs> people who you think are not real transgender just out of some like stupid parody test. Yeah, that is a good tweet. Yeah, that was I love that tweet, but anyway, um, I love I
1: Theron Meyers. This is just an aside, but I love Theron Meyer when she was debating with like roaming millennial and like mm-hmm. uh and Warren Southern and Nick Fuentes. So, like, Nick Fuentes is like the super like transphobic, like Christian conservative like all right person and there was this great debate right and like and they were t- you watched that debate oh yeah, my god that was fucking great that was, I, that's my, my favorite youtube debate like ever i think yeah she was
0: like literally freaked out just like you transfer a piece of shit
1: anyway so let's go on to the last paragraph here all right there are so many issues that women face all over the world but due to intersectionality feminists are only allowed to criticize white american christian cultures uh, considering that those cultures are typically where women are the least depressed, feminists are forced to fight the really small non-issues that exist in those communities, such as the dress code. I still have faith in feminism, but if we want to actually improve society for women, we can't do it with the limitations that intersectionality puts on feminists. We need to criticize all cultures. We need to not be afraid to be labeled as a white feminist or a turf, And then maybe, just maybe, feminism can be as productive as it used to be. Uh, yeah. Uh, the only thing that stood out to me here was this idea that, like, there's like no oppression in like Western cultures except Kali
0: uh, Swap and the black men who, um, obviously interact with white women all the time.
1: <laughs> that's that's this is why we can't take Canal seriously. It, it like it, completely ignoring the plight of like poor women and like black women and Hispanic women and trans women and stuff like it completely ignores I mean, that
0: if you're not gonna say that like women's lives are just awesome over here or that being women has nothing to do with their oppression, and don't bring up fucking taylor swift
1: <laughs> yes but that's the worst thing i would ra- yeah i would rather him say that there's no oppression at all and taylor swift is not oppressed than for him to say that yeah there's no oppression except for taylor swift Because that's like, that's the opposite of oppression. Like, if you want to point to oppression, you point in the opposite direction of Taylor Swift. Like, what the fuck? You're ignoring poor women who, uh, I I mean, just are working minimum wage jobs, three minimum wage jobs to support their children. They they can't get any family leave and they don't have health care. Taylor Swift, she's more oppressed. (laughs) Oh, my God
0: like I could actually criticize like effectively criticize a lot of feminist ideas like intersectionality yeah
1: you could do it but it would like easily but obviously he's
0: not he's obviously not intelligent enough to do it or or maybe he's just (laughs) watching too much roaming millennial
1: yeah like this is an article that would come out of like a fifth grader who's just like watching uh anti-sjw youtubers results.